Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Well, this morning, it is my privilege once again to uh, introduce Jenny Fox and uh, we only got to know Jenny a little while ago. We actually knew her uh, daughter, Cassie, uh, before then, who's here as well. Thank you for joining us. And, um, and uh, we found out that uh, Jenny is working uh, as a family uh, support worker. And when, when we were thinking about this, like, you know, Cassie's turned out so well. So as, as far as we know. <laughs> Cassie's turned out brilliantly. And, and so... You know, let's learn from this. And so uh, uh, the foxes have got three children, and they're all doing amazingly, doing amazing work. And Cassie with ISRA, uh, who is uh, one of the organizations that we admire and we uh, try to partner with as well, um, and doing great work. And so uh, we thought we would have Jenny here. She uh, and her husband pastored for 14 years, and then they moved to uh, Mandra, where she has been involved as a family support worker, as I mentioned. Our catch-up was so inspiring when we uh, just learned from her wisdom about so many aspects. And so I don't want to take any more time. Why don't we just welcome Jenny up this morning? Fantastic. So how's life in Mandra? Oh, it's great, Nate. I was hoping for some Hayden stories, to be honest. Hayden stories. He was a very cute 15-year-old. <laughs> We've got this great photo of Hayden. I have to stand up for this. We used to, Hayden used to help me in kids' church in Kalgoorlie. Now, we're talking about when Cassie was about six or seven, six maybe, and um, we used to sing this song. It says, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. So you were, started off like a little seed, and you had to grow, grow, grow. And then if you don't read your Bible, the song says, you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. So I got this great photo of Hayden doing all these actions, surrounded by all these lovely little girls. It's great. He was a fantastic, um, fantastic. Surrounded by all the worker. girls, hey? Oh, just little ones, just little ones. But um, yeah, he was great. Oh, that is he's so He's turned out okay cool. too. A few years on, he's still great. He's still great. Well, over this interview, if you have got any questions that arise from the content that we're talking about, we wanted to give you a chance to uh, shoot us some questions. And so on the screens, you will see a number that is going to be coming up. No, the number's not coming up. Soon. The number will soon come up and it will appear magically. Actually, I'll just find out what the number is. Give me a second. And so if you want to plug in this number into your phone and over the course of the next 20 minutes um, send a text message to this number, uh, we will get a couple of the questions that you know, apply, we believe will apply to most people and uh, we will have about 10 minutes of Q&A after this session. So the number that you want to put in is 0473... It's 0473 189 186. 189 186. 0473 189 186. And uh, if you message that, we will be doing a Q&A in about 20 minutes' time. And so let's get straight into this so that we actually have some content to have Q&A about. Let me get this. You know, Jenny, one of the big things that I took away from our catch-up a couple of weeks ago or however long it was, was this idea that you, you had that um, environment for families is probably one of the most important things that you create. And I think Hayden mentioned about creating this environment of 
safety, uh, where, where, where children can go, yeah, I want to be there. That's a place I can open up. Can you unpack um, this whole idea of environment um, that is so important? Uh, because you, you spoke about it brilliantly to Beck and myself. Great. Well, I've got a little story that I tell that I think explains environment really well. And a couple of um, years ago, in just after New Year, my husband Owen thought he got some great bargains at the hardware shop. And he came home from Bunnings with these very bedraggled looking rose bushes. And I'm like, you actually paid money for them? Because <laughs> they hadn't been watered over the Christmas period and they looked absolutely terrible. And he said, they'll be fine, you watch. So these plants, he changed their environment. He put them in soil, he added whatever to the soil. I'm not the gardener in the family. He looked after them and he, he um, nurtured them. And within six weeks, one of those rose bushes had 10 flowers on that bush. Those, you would not have recognized them as the same plants. But the thing is, they were the same plants. So the only thing that changed was the environment. Mm. They went from an environment of neglect to an environment of nurture and supply and everything they needed. Mm. And it makes you think about um, how environment affects our lives. Hayden mentioned the friends you choose, and that's a really big deal. Absolutely. But in your home environment, are your children happy to talk to you or are you going to be unavailable, like Hayden also mentioned? Mm. Is it an environment where it's normal for um, there to be a quick, sorry and I forgive you, or is it something, a place where we're bringing up what was done six weeks ago, six months ago and last year? Is it a place where, where um, there's just acceptance no matter what? Or is it very much uh, unless you're like this, unless you follow these rules? Um, so that's the sort of environment. Do we build an environment of honesty and openness? Do we build an environment of criticism or judgment? Do we... Um, what's going on in our family and with that environment for those plants all plants need good soil and water and a bit of sunlight but some need more sunlight than others mm. and some need something added I remember we were growing a passion fruit vine um, some years ago and we looked up what does a passion fruit vine need because it just wasn't flourishing and the answer was, you get a pig's liver from the butcher and you <laughs> bury it underneath. Beautiful. Uh, you, know, you know, down at the root system. Obviously, that's for iron. So we did that and the passion fruit vine flourished. Wow. So we need to be looking at what needs to be added to the environment of our home so that our children flourish. Because there's some things that are the same for everyone and there's might be little bits that are different depending on their mm. personality or the way they you know, the way they relate. Yeah. I think everyone can agree that environment is so important. But practically, how do you build an environment that is healthy, that is thriving um, in your world? Okay. Well, with anything good in your life, I think you want to start with the way you want it to end up and work backwards. We normally, if we're getting a home built, we decide what we want put in the home. We might want three bedrooms in a study, we might want five bedrooms. We might want a huge dining area because that's our thing. We might want a big outside entertainment area. We might want a small yard because we don't like um, looking after it. But we consider how we want it to end up before we get the builders to come and start, you know, um, doing all their site works and whatever. And 
So I guess it's important to think, how do I, what sort of young adults do I want? If I've got little people now, what do I want them to be like and what mm. do I need to, to focus on? Yeah. Um, so the idea that I, I think is that if, if we could have a finite thing, say this tabletop was our family, what do I want in that family? Well, I want honesty and acceptance, but I don't want criticism and I don't want anger. I'm not saying there will never be anger, but I don't want an atmosphere of anger. Yeah. I don't want an atmosphere of fear. So if I don't want fear in my family, what things would I avoid? Well, first of all, I'd avoid scary movies. I'd avoid books that are based on anger. I'd avoid TV shows, uh, sorry, fear. So I have a certain amount of control over the environment in my family. I don't have total control because I'm not the only person there. Yeah. But as a parent, I have a lot of control. Yeah, so what sort of language is acceptable? We mm. never let our children talk about kill, death, those sort of things. We didn't let, let them um, call each other names. And, and well, my husband always calls everyone names, but it's different. Um, <laughs> They're terms of endearment, although they don't always sound like it. Um, but, you know, you, you need to not allow certain things that you don't want to grow. Very good. Because they're not going to stay little. They're going to grow with that person and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. So really we're talking about understanding the values um, that, that are important to our family environment and then working out practically what it looks like. Um, and I think that's 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 just such a I, I guess that that talks about intentional being exactly. intentional yes, very in, much. In, in your in your family environment and not allowing whatever especially I guess culture whatever is yeah um, easy and whatever is just out there to become the culture in our family and um, one of the things that we were talking about that really stuck with me was um, that our current culture has this huge value for independence and independence when you are growing up. And can you talk about how you view independence? Because I think it's, it's quite revolutionary. Okay. Well, um, I think a lot of parents are aiming to raise their child to be an independent, you know, pillar of society, able to make their own decisions. And we um, kind of emphasise that as where we're going. But I, I actually believe in the biblical principle that um, we're not actually supposed to be full of our own importance and our own opinion. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So I'm not doing, as a, as a Bible-believing Christian, you may not be that, but you can understand my point of view. If I'm wanting to raise a child that does what God wants them to do and follows the things that God set, set for their life, then it's not much point always encouraging independence and valuing freedom and their own opinion so highly because they're going to get to a certain age if they stay in church where they're going to hear, oh, it's actually not just about my own understanding, my own um, opinion and my own thoughts. It's about leaning on God and being willing to be teachable. So if we're currently working on raising children that are independent, are they going to be teachable? Are they going to be good husbands and good wives if, if they value independence so highly? Because yeah, when they cool. come to live with someone else, now we've got to adjust and share and adapt. But hang on, I was raised to, to, to be independent. I was raised to, to do what I want to do and to make wise decisions. But that's really not a, um, 
a valuable member of society. You know, if everyone in your workplace values independence mm. rather than a team mindset, you're going to yeah. be constantly dealing with problems. So I just feel sometimes parents are actually aiming at the wrong target, but that we yeah. should be raising children that can be flexible, adaptable, empathetic, like Nisha said, that's so important. Yeah. Um, that's Fantastic. a far greater value than independence. Mm, and I would say that in my experience working with a few couples, especially when we're having a lot more, um, I guess, cross-cultural marriages where there's this um, thought of, this is the way that I've always done things, and so you should do what I w have always expected. That's becoming yes. a big issue. And it was really sad statistic I heard a, a while ago that more than 50% of marriages in Australia now result in divorce. And uh, we've hit that tipping point where most marriages are now going to wow. end in divorce. And that's so sad. And I, I believe personally after hearing that, like, that's because everyone's fighting for their own interest and their own independence. And um, yes, I believe that that's such a key thing. Uh, can you talk to us um, and share how these values evolve and change as your child grows up? Because um, obviously, their needs become different and uh, their personality might, um, I guess, blossom and, and change a little bit. But how does that look like practically? Well, I guess the fundamental values very much stay the same. When you've got a toddler, has anyone got toddlers? Then their physical safety is really, really important. You know, it's baby gates and, and cupboards that they can't get into and things that they shouldn't touch and whatever. But as they get a bit older, it's not that you're not interested in their physical safety, but it's not such a huge priority because they've done everything that can be done. They, you know, it's kind of like it moves on. And yet then when they become teenagers and they're possibly um, involved with some of the risky behaviours that teenagers might be involved in, we're again thinking about their physical safety. So values definitely law priorities. Um, things that we might be concerned with definitely change, but we still want them, whether they're toddlers or teenagers or adults like my beautiful daughter who's come today, um, we still want them to be kind, we want them to be honest, we want them to be respectful, we want them to be empathetic, we want them to be true to who they are, but never at the expense of, of other people. My freedom is only freedom to the point where it doesn't impinge on anyone else's rights. And that's something that I think is often not understood in society because mm. we think our freedom is very, very large. Well, our freedom is actually only quite small because everyone's got to have the opportunity to have um, that freedom and respect as well. Mm. So as they grow, certainly our way of um, talking about things and our way of uh, relating would change but it's interesting again going back to the Bible there's a scripture in Deuteronomy I think it's Deuteronomy 6 and it says talk to your children mm. talk to them when you're walking along the road talk to them when they're you're lying down talk to them and it just goes on but talk to them talk to them and that's what we need to do when they're in our arms and we're doing that great dance thanks soy sauce <laughs> we had our own family version of that, so I can relate well. When they're in, a, in our arms and we're doing that, that dance, we should be talking to them. We should be talking to them from our heart about the dreams we have for them, about the way we relate to them, about them as a person. Mm. And as they get older, we still keep talking. So we might be talking to our little person, you know, 
your two-year-old daughter's carrying her dolls around and she talks, wants to talk about when she's going to have children. So our, my answer would be talking about, yeah, after you grow up, after you finish school and when you meet the person that God has for you and you get married, then you'll be having children. So I'm starting right from that time talking about the fact that we value marriage. We value yeah, waiting until the right time to become a parent. And so wow. then when I'm talking to them when they're five, I might give a bit more um, thought on that. And as they grow up, and it becomes normal it, because mm. we've, we, haven't, we haven't waited until they fully understand. We've started to touch on things when they're little. We've started to communicate mm. those values, um, whether it be about honesty, kindness, whatever. We can communicate them all the way along within yeah. our relationship and our family routine. Mm. That's fantastic. But it sounds like so much work. <laughs> You got this two-year-old, and you're telling them about marriage. <laughs> like, yeah, d d does it does it take what what does it take to build this environment? I don't know. I guess it depends on priorities. Um, I guess it depends on um, what you want to build in life and what you value. Um, I think it's all about relationship and and listening. I really enjoyed. Um, hearing Hayden speak from his perspective and that was great stuff. I know when I was, I've, my youngest child is 18 so I've, I've raised, I've, I've done the hard yard with all of mine which is great. I've reached adulthood and we've come out well. Thank you Jesus. Um, but I've always had a good relationship with my children and that's one of the reasons that I don't believe any of them have done um, things that would they know would hurt me because of that relationship. I can honestly say my kids have always been a blessing and a joy, which is what the Bible says they should be. But many people don't have that experience and I really feel for them because having children should be a wonderful thing. But I think it's about relationship and you build that relationship with them all the way along and you keep themselves available. I can remember sitting for hours um, I remember most with my son, maybe because he's the youngest and maybe because he's a good bit younger and didn't have others to play with, but I wasn't always doing what I wanted to do. We played dinosaur cards. We looked at millions, I think, of dog memes and animal memes on, <laughs> because that's where, what he was interested in, you know? Mm. And I need to invest, I needed to invest in that time mm. where his heart was, yeah. and I tell you now, he comes and talks to me and it, it's not about those things. It's about the, the affairs of life and his heart and his walk with God. But he talks to me because mm. I was there when he was eight, when he was nine, when he was 10, when he was 12, you know, when he was 14. And 14-year-olds and are not always the nicest people to be around. But, um, you know, I think it's about that relationship and mm. it's about how much we value that relationship. So it's, I think it's also that perspective of whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. And it's going to, sometimes the sowing takes years and years and years before you actually get to a place where you actually have some fruit to deal with. And um, so can you talk about, because I think my perspective, in my opinion, um, our world culture talks about happiness and instant gratification a lot. And especially for young people, um, being in Vic Park, we do get a lot of international students, and I had a conversation with one um, who has graduated, but he was saying that 
international student, uh, didn't have parents around. He was like, <laughs> this is party time. <laughs> I've no. now got my independence and I now have the resource to, to have the best time of my life and um, spend the next couple of years flunking every exam um, and going to every party that he could go to. And I guess now that he's on the other side, he goes, I sowed the wrong things into my life. I didn't build an environment that was healthy in my life. Um, so these values sound like principles that actually can be translated into any uh, stage of life. Um, how do you see these at work in the life of a young person who maybe has just moved out of home or you know, no longer has their parents um, in their ear? Uh, what, what, what would be your advice and suggestion on starting to build an environment for themselves? I guess um, a phrase that I really love is, do something today that your future self will thank you for. And that's really what it's about, isn't it? Um, yeah. that, that student is going to get to the point where they probably want to get married and have children. And if they do, that means that one day they're going to be a, a grandparent. And so what sort of life do they want? What do they want to build? What do they want to sow? What do they want to reap? What do they want to relate to? Um, I don't have grandchildren yet, but I'm really looking forward to the day when I will. And it's, it's that amazing feeling of, of what you can reproduce and what influence you can, can leave for the world. Because I can tell you now, I already believe that my grandchildren will be people that make an impact in the world yeah. because of what we've sown into our children and whatever. But mm. that's what I want, you know. I, I don't want to be a grandparent that's hearing stories about things that they're doing that are, you know, um, harmful and hurtful and whatever. So what does this student see their future? Life goes quickly mm. and um, we can decide at any time to make good choices mm. and we can work out. But most people don't work out their values. Yeah. Most people don't stop and say, what sort of life do I want? There's a lot of people that are carried away with, they think, earning money, getting promotions, mm. etc., is a, a high priority in their life. But they haven't stopped to think about, what about when I have no friends? Like Hayden said, he's got a relationship with Luke where Luke says, hey, mate, you're not doing well. Who says that if you've got no friends? Yeah. Who says that if you spend your whole life working? Mm. You know, um, even outside of the family, yeah. there's things we need to prioritise. And this is a great church community. So if people get involved with other people that are, are going forward in their life and making great choices and building a great environment and atmosphere, mm. then that's going to rub off on them and they're going to be impacted by that. Mm. And they're going to find their life greatly improved because mm. of who they're around and what they're yeah. now thinking about because of the conversations they have and, mm. and the decisions they can make. So it's never too late. What sort of life do we want? Um, how do we get that? We get that by working backwards and going, if I, want, if I want my children to be kind or if I want this sort of a life, then I'll need mm. to do this, this and this. Well, I better start with this one. Yeah. And when I've conquered that, I can move on and, and mm. head in that direction. Fantastic. Let me just check. Have we got any questions coming through? Because our time is rapidly running out. I should be getting it soon. While waiting for that, oh, there we go, fantastic. Thanks for questions, guys. Thanks for interacting with this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Should I be worried? 
I'm just trying to work out how much time we've got. <laughs> All right, this is from you guys. How do you transition from being a parent to an adult parent and the change of dynamic that brings? How do you transition when your children become adults and then you're parenting them? I'm guessing I, so. I guess so, yeah. Yep. Well, I, I think Hayden sort of covered that a bit. You become friends and I guess there's a far greater, well, there's a new level of respect. Um, I've got my married daughter here with me. I can't require of her attention-wise and whatever what I could when she was living under my roof. When she was living under my roof, I could call and say, hey, I'm going to be late home. Can you put the pasta on? You know, I can't do that. She lives suburbs away. I can't even guarantee that she's available to take my phone call because she's got her own life and she's got things happening. Yeah. So really, exactly like we're talking about, we have to book in time to see her. But essentially, she's still her and I'm still me. So she's changing. And that's, that's easy because that comes as a normal part of life. I have to change and that's possibly not so easy because I didn't necessarily, I, I want this stage to happen, but I was quite comfortable with how it was before. Does that make sense? When they start to move out and move on with their own life, it's hard. Mm. But hey, we all did it to our parents. <laughs> And my mother reminds me that I moved away. We were in Queensland, all our families in Queensland. I moved away and, you know, we make those choices because we, we get a... And that's the way God made us. We get this heart for our own life. We have vision, we have dreams, we have plans. Yeah. And we want our kids to, to pursue them. So we need to give them a bit extra space. We need to uh, uh, recognise that, you know, they still love us, but they're not going to see us all the time. And we're not going to be necessarily their highest priority, but there are times when we are because we're the ones that, that they can fi still find that sense of um, acceptance and encouragement and confidence with. So I think it's just really cultivating family every way you can. And sure, Hayden, SMS them, do whatever, relate to them however ever we can. Yeah. We have a... Um, a family Facebook group and there is nothing sensible that's in that but people <laughs> post you know we find an old photo of one of us and it looks horrible it's up there let's just relate however we can let's yeah. put up you know because that's family mm. and distance doesn't have to diminish that yeah. we just have to change and adapt and evolve Fantastic. this was a good one uh, we've been chatting a lot about parents uh, chatting with their kids about how Okay, let me rephrase that. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about parents communicating to children. Uh, what are some ways that children can talk to parents, and I'm guessing children of all age, even adults, can talk to their parents and help them feel that we love and accept them? So we're trying to so adult, encourage... Uh, so, so children, how can children of any age let parents know that um, the child loves and accepts their parents as well. Okay. Well, as a mother, cuddles are good. So, guys, next time you see your mum, give her a big hug. She'll love it. Um, <laughs> it's all about relationship, I think, and, and time, um, respect. I know um, when I talk to young people about their relationship with their parents, 
<coughs> it's very important that we we see that we can't choose our parents, but we can choose the sort of relationship we have. With them. Talk to young people about choose the time when you talk to your parents. You know, don't talk to dad as soon as he's come home from work and he's exhausted. You know, bring something, make him a cup of tea and say, you know, dad, can I talk to you? Bring something. Check your attitude first. Don't always be only talking when you've got a complaint, when you've got to, you know, ask for money, when you've got whatever. Um, it's really the same as any relationship. How do you get on with your boss? Well, you, you choose the time with your boss. Has anyone worked that out? Oh, yeah. So give your parents the same respect. You know, you choose um, the way you relate to your boss. You don't mm. just go in and go, look, I really want this and it's up to you to do it for me. Yeah. We would never do that. Mm. So it's our attitude, respectfulness. I think just tell your parents you love them. They'll be glad to hear it. If it's not something that was open in your family, then find a way to write it in a card. Find a way. It might be up to you as the child to bring that new openness and that acknowledgement of those feelings. Mm. Some people from um, older generations or some families, it's never talked about. But you can do it. You can bring that change. You can bring an openness and yeah. a, um, turn it around. It's not always the parents that have all the answers and do all the leading. Mm. Even, as, even as children, my children have taught me things, each one of them, by being just willing to share their hearts and mm. help you see something different. And parents need to be open to that. And if you don't think your parents are, then just try in little ways. Again, where do you want to end up? How could I get there? And work your way through. Fantastic. There are a couple more really good ones, but I think we've only got time for one more. When do you know that you are cocooning your child too much? Okay. Well, I guess there's different, different parts of um, life. I never had any, um, my children to this day tell me, I didn't have any problem with saying, we don't watch that in our family. And um, making choices when the kids were little of what they could do and what they couldn't do. But in addition to that, if something was good, we celebrated it and we did it. It wasn't like a, a missing out, you know. So I cocooned them from social influence where I didn't think that was helpful. But when I found stuff that wasn't, didn't negate my values, we championed it, and you know, however that was. Mm. Um, cocooning them, like there's a lot of talk about n not cocooning them physically these days. Get, let them get out, let them get scratches, let them fall over, let them learn how that that, that jump was just a little bit too long and they didn't make it. <laughs> that sort of thing is good. We, d we shouldn't cocoon them. Um, physically and be so worried um, about what they do. I think that, you know, childhood is a great time to be cocooned and life has a great way of teaching you anything you missed out on because of that. So I guess I kept my kids pretty um, sort of sheltered in a lot of ways until, um, certainly until early high school because I feel that that gives them uh, they then face those things they face in life with a strength mm. that they may not have had if they'd had um, not had clear boundaries and clear yeah. um, protection up to that time. I mm. guess it's pretty personal, <coughs> but um, you know, talk to other parents of kids about the same age, talk to other people that have the same values and 
try and work it out together. See, one of the things that you can do is you can find families that have sim similar belief systems and build friendships with them. Absolutely. So your kids can grow up with people that have the similar values or often cousins can be that. So they're not being cocooned, but you're directing yeah, what's happening good. to them. So they're not missing out, but they're having experiences that fit with your um, value system. Mm. Fantastic. Why don't we give it up for Jenny and the wisdom that she's brought. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.